Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we bring on Dr. Morgan Nolte. If you want to lose weight, that's fine. You can do that in a lot of different ways. But if you want to lose weight and keep it off, that takes an entirely different approach and it takes an entirely different mindset. And um, man, I think anyone who's been in the coaching business for a while understands that mindset <laughs> kind of trumps everything else. Because if you don't have the mindset in place, all the strategy in the world will fall short. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, host of the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you so much for pressing play today. We have a fun episode with Dr. Morgan. She is passionate about being what I call a genius. Einstein said intellectuals solve problems, geniuses prevent them. And she's all about disease prevention. You're gonna hear her backstory, which is absolutely inspirational on why she believes it's so important to be proactive and not reactive. She's a geriatric physical therapist by trade and she has additional trainings and she has a great YouTube channel, great podcast. We get into insulin which the role of insulin, too much excess insulin and what that plays with health, disease, metabolic dysfunction. We get into your metabolism and why caloric restriction will not work. And you can't fool the innate intelligence and what you should do instead. We also get into why we should stop asking the question, going on Dr. Google and asking, how do I lose weight? And instead ask the question, how do I lower insulin? Then we get into my favorite part, which is auto-suggestion. This is a very powerful way to reprogram your subconscious mind for healing and better overall results in life. You're going to learn about that, how it works, and how you could apply it today, right away. Then we get into intermittent fasting and how it works so well for the gut, to repair the gut, to deal with symptoms such as acid reflux, GERD, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, which a lot of people are facing. You'll learn about that. It's going to be a great episode. Her podcast is absolutely fantastic. It's called Reshape Your Health with Dr. Morgan Nolte. I was a recent guest on there. We talk a little bit about that. You're going to love her energy, her attitude, and of course, the information she's going to, she's going to share with you today. So stay tuned for that. Before I get to her, I do want to take a moment here to get to the Apple podcast rating and review of the day. This is from Mike the Turner, five-star review titled, Very Informative. Ben has a wealth of great information on the keto lifestyle. I would highly recommend it. It's very helpful information. Well, Mike the Turner, thank you so much. I'm glad that you're enjoying the podcast. I appreciate you listening. Thank you for taking the time to leave that rating and review. The ratings and reviews for this podcast are the lifeline. So if you haven't done so already, 
please leave the show a rating and review. I want to remind you that my book, Keto Flex, is available right now on Audible, and you can get it for free if you're a new Audible customer. If you go to freeketoflex.com, get the book for free. I narrated the entire book myself. You're going to love the information. If you're more of an Audible listener, uh, Audible learner, I should say, this book is for you. If you're uh, already a customer with Audible, you could simply just add it to your cart, use a credit. You could search for it over at ketoflexonaudible.com. All right, let's dive deep into your metabolism and disease prevention with Dr. Morgan Nolte. Dr. Morgan Nolte is a board-certified geriatric clinical specialist, the founder of Zivli LLC. You're going to learn about Zivli and the definition of it is super cool. She graduated from the University of Nebraska Medical Center in 2014 and completed the Creighton University Hillcrest Health Systems Geriatric Physical Therapy Residence Program. That's a mouthful. <laughs> in 2015. Outside of the work, she loves sharing the Nebraska corn huskers, spending time with her husband, Justin, playing with their kids, Dawson and Leah, devouring audiobooks, and being active. So without further ado, here's Dr. Morgan. Dr. Morgan Nolte, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. Thanks, Ben. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. I was just telling you right before we hit record that you do a really great job at explaining how insulin works in the body and why we have this increasingly high rate of insulin resistance and what we can do about it, which we're going to talk a lot about on today's episode. But your backstory is amazing because you were in the, the space of watching what happens when you're not proactive and what happens when you're reactive, when it's so late in the game and all these diseases and symptoms start to occur. So could you explain your backstory and what you were seeing and what made you change your ways? Yeah, I have an interesting story, both personally and professionally. I, I'm a geriatric physical therapist by trade. So a doctor of physical therapy, and then additional training to be board certified in geriatrics, which means that we were trained to successfully manage people with multiple comor comorbidities. And so I had this really interesting perspective coming into geriatric physical therapy because I was very close with my own grandparents. We were lucky enough to have eight out of nine of our grandparents at our wedding. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Four of them are still alive. They know my, my children, you know? And so it's like, I was so blessed to have such strong role models in my grandparents. And I wanted to almost you know, return the favor by going into geriatric physical therapy to help other grandparents be able to be healthy, to be there for their families like mine were there for me. But I quickly became just disillusioned a little bit. And I saw that, wow, you know, not everyone is as blessed to have health into their 80s like my grandparents. And so I saw so many 60-year-olds acting like 80-year-olds, you know, in clinic and practice. And then I saw my grandparents who were 80 acting like they were 60. It's like, well, I want that. <laughs> I, yeah. I want that. And so the other thing where I really became frustrated with was the traditional medical model. And it felt like in geriatric medicine in general, not just physical therapy, that we were often reaching them too late. And the care and the services that we were providing felt like they were too little too late to make as high of an impact on their quality of life um, and longevity as possible. And so I just really saw that revolving door of, you know, multiple diseases occurring together. We're going to talk more about that. 
those being usually diabetes, heart disease, and dementia, along with altered body composition, so sarcopenia, low muscle mass, a high fat mass, usually low bone mineral density, um, and joint pain. A lot of these things kind of occur all together. And then, you know, the other thing that was so frustrating to me was recognizing that their children often were following in their footsteps. So I would be treating um, a client or a patient for heart disease and their child, who was their primary caretaker, you know, they were making the same lifestyle choices that got their parents to where they are. And I thought, how sad, like, do they not know better? And usually they just don't. I mean, I think that there's so much misinformation out there, but I realized there was this huge gap in preventative medicine for people who were in what I call the gray zone of healthcare. And then it was really scary because I recognized my own parents were in the gray zone of healthcare. My own parents um, had obesity. My dad still has diabetes, but it's getting better. My mom has osteopenia or low bone mass. And I just kind of realized, geez, you know, if not me, then who? Who's going to help these people with risk factors who don't have full-blown disease yet prevent the disease? Because we were counseled over and over about uh, resource utilization in physical therapy. How do we best utilize our resources? And my thought was, well, 20 years ago, how much, yeah. how much more can we get out of people if they are investing their time, money, and energy into their health when they're 50 or 60 or even before versus 70 and 80? Because there's two big problems with waiting until you're seventh, you're sixth. Honestly, I think that people can get away with a lot until they're about 60. And that's when those negative health habits will really start to catch up with you. But there's two problems there because insulin resistance, which is at the core, the heart of so many of the conditions I was treating is like rust and it compounds over time and it gets worse over time and it gets harder to treat over time. So the longer we put off making those lifestyle changes, the harder it will be and the less results you will see for your time and energy invested. And then the second problem is, as you know, because I know you study habit change and mindset, is the longer we continue to make poor decisions, the easier those decisions are to maintain. Mm -hmm. Every unhealthy choice we make makes the next unhealthy choice easier to make. And so we have those grooves in our brain. um, And it's almost like a road, you know, that you go down over and over and over with these unhealthy habits. And so the longer you do that, the deeper the grooves and the harder it is to kind of get on a new path. And that's why I'm so passionate about disease prevention, because I have seen people with end-stage diabetes go through amputation after amputation. And I have seen people with heart disease who can't even make it from the chair to the bathroom. And I have rehabbed people from a Hoyer lift, meaning they can't even bear weight on their own legs, you know, back to their home, which was a really beautiful thing, but it took months and months and months. And so I've seen the heartbreak. I mean, I think that you can hear that in my voice. And it's like, you get to the point where you see that over and over and you just can't not do something about it. Your heart just kind of breaks (laughs) a little bit too much. And I think that that's really where my passion comes from is just having that really unique perspective 
uh, wanting to improve the quality and longevity of life for people, because then we can do what we feel like we're called to do. You know, good health is something we really take for granted. And I have two young kids. You've been on my podcast. And so I've talked to you about Dawson and Leah. Yeah. Uh, Dawson's about three and a half and Leah's about one and a half. And the other really cool thing that I've realized over the last decade or so is my appreciation for my parents and in-laws health and the impact that they have on my kids and on my marriage because they babysit. And then my husband and I can go on date night or we can go on vacation. We just went down to Florida uh, where you are. And just, it's so beautiful to see the impact that good health can have on your nuclear family, on your um, community, on your vocation. And it's like, it's just, I think it's such an important thing to have good health. And so the other interesting thing is after I had Dawson, I was struggling to lose weight. And I was like, I'm eating this cliff bar, you know, that says <laughs> and uh, that's really where I started diving into the weight loss research. And I had the big epiphany when I realized the world's collided, my geriatric disease prevention mindset and my desire to lose weight and get in shape after I had a child collided at insulin resistance. And I thought, holy cow, like how does the whole world not know about this? And it, it became so clear to me, uh, mind you, as, as I'm sure you've done, this is hours and hours down research rabbit holes because I kind of, I say I followed the breadcrumb trail to insulin resistance. You know, I studied weight loss. I studied diabetes prevention. I studied heart disease prevention. I studied dementia prevention and all roads led back to insulin. So I think that's where we can start today. Yeah, no, great, great start to the conversation. I want to I want to go back a little bit before we get into the insulin conversation. What you shared about the heartbreak, the tragedy of seeing people in their 50s, 60s plus just not being able to walk, walk to the restroom and not be able to enjoy your life. And it's not just, as you know, Morgan, it's not just the person who's unhealthy that suffers, but it's everybody around them. It's the, the relationships decline. The family members have to take care of them. That's what happened with my dad. Who, who ended up dying from the complications of diabetes. It wasn't just my dad who was in pain. It was everybody who has to see that. And all of that is preventative. And it's, it's clear that you're passionate about this because you're doing great work, but all of that is preventative. And I always say, if you treat your health casually, you're going to end up a casualty sooner than later. And if you start doing the work right now, whether you're 30, 50, 40, 70, wherever you are, you start working on your health and identifying cause, removing the interference, the body begins to heal. So when we talk about interference, one of the biggest things that's interfering with the body from healing is this excessive production of insulin, which you're going to get into right now. So just an overview of insulin, and then let's dive deep into why insulin could be so damaging in excess. Okay, so insulin is a hormone made by your pancreas. It is a good thing. It is a vital hormone. I'm not here to demonize insulin because then we'd all be dead. So true. Yeah, look at type 1 diabetics, right? Yeah. Yeah, so type 1 diabetics are an excellent example here to understand the role that insulin plays in our body. It's an anabolic hormone, meaning its role is to build things up. And I really focus on its role to build fat or to store blood glucose. So insulin's role is to move blood sugar or blood glucose from your bloodstream 
into your cells to be either used as energy right away or to be stored either in the form of muscle glycogen, liver glycogen, or adipose tissue or fat tissue. And Dr. Fung, who I'm sure you know you love just as much as I do, has that great analogy for fat storage. If you think of your refrigerator and your deep freezer, so you get you come home from Costco, you have all this food, the food that you can't eat either on the way from from Costco or on the or um, on the you know countertop as you're putting it away. That's like the blood sugar immediately available after you eat. And then we put some stuff in the fridge. That's like your muscle and liver glycogen because it's like our short-term storage. It's easy to access. It's easy to take out and eat. And then your freezer, your deep freeze is like the unlimited storage for glucose or it's turned into body fat. So I, I like that analogy. It's a I think great it's analogy. Helpful. Yeah, I think it's helpful to understand that. And when we're talking about a type one diabetic, they don't make their own insulin. And so the classic symptoms of type one diabetes are excessive hunger, excessive thirst, very high blood sugars and weight loss a lot of weight loss, and it used to be called the wasting disease before we really understood it. And so what happens is because they don't have insulin, they eat and what their blood sugars just go up and up because the insulin is not doing its job to unlock the cell and move it into the cell. So let me explain that a little bit more. There's something called a GLUT4 transporter and insulin and exercise will facilitate that GLUT4 transporter, the GLUT4 transporter to the cell membrane. And that's actually what the glucose kind of slides down. So those are the two ways to really increase the GLUT4 uh, to the cell membrane so that your blood sugar can go down is insulin and movement, right? And so I think it's important to recognize that's the real role that exercise has in weight loss and in health, not burning calories, um, yeah. but reducing blood sugar. That's important. That's an important statement right there because people are like, I burned 300 calories doing my running. It's, it's not the calories we're focusing on. We're focusing on the hormones. Yeah. And muscle acts, we can talk about this more. It acts as a great reserve for glycogen. So the mm -hmm. more muscle you have, the more glucose you can store before it's converted into liver fat yep. or stored as body fat. So that's why, among many other reasons, uh, that's why muscle is really important. And so that's the role that insulin does. It acts as a you know, a little key on the cell that unlocks it, that allows the GLUT4 transporter to go to the cell membrane and glucose to go into the cell to regulate blood sugar. And what's really interesting is that right now we're testing fasting blood sugar to diagnose type 2 diabetes. I'm going to give you the cutoffs and then I'm going to tell you why I think in 10 years we're not going to be doing this anymore. So currently the cutoffs for pre-diabetes, so normal, quote unquote normal, is 70 to 100. It's a pretty big range for glucose. And then pre-diabetes is 101 to 125 of fasting blood glucose. So you're not eating for at least eight hours and you get your blood checked and that's the number that we're going on here. Type 2 diabetes is diagnosed at 126 or higher on two separate occasions. Now, the problem and the interesting piece here is that fasting insulin has been shown to detect type 2 diabetes or prediabetes. I view them as kind of one and the same, um, up to two decades before fasting glucose. Fascinating. So if anyone wants to really understand that more, I want you to look up the Kraft test, K-R-A-F-T. 
T test. And what this test does is it tests your insulin and glucose over about a three hour time period. And so what, what should happen is your glucose and insulin curves should kind of spike right away and then come back down. Now, someone with prediabetes or even, so even if they're on, on the upper end of normal, you know, maybe they're 99, hundred, uh, even probably over 90, they might have insulin resistance in the background but their fasting blood sugar isn't telling the whole story. And so the, their fasting blood sugar is okay. And then their blood sugar after a meal is okay. But in the background, what they catch on the craft test is they see a spike in insulin. Yeah. And so it's a really good test to catch prediabetes even before the glucose will become elevated. So, so important. It is so important. Most, and most think- conventional doctors don't even know what the craft test is or they'll, they'll kind of poo-poo getting a fasting insulin done, they'll think it's not necessary. Yeah. I'm kind of on a, my little side note mission is to figure out how to easily provide fasting insulin blood spot tests to my members and to the community at large. So I'm working hard on that because it's a great I think mission. It's an important thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a really important thing to know your fasting um, insulin easily because right now we can't get it easily. As far as I know, there's only a couple labs in the country that I've researched that do the spot test for fasting insulin. Anywhere else you have to go in and you have to get your blood drawn. Yeah. So it's a little bit um, a little bit more of a barrier to access there. But anywho, so when we're talking about uh, elevated insulin, right? So insulin continues to go up and up and up in the background to keep up with the elevated blood sugar. But your pancreas eventually maxes out and it only can produce so much insulin. And then your cells actually start to become resistant to that insulin as well. And that is when we start to see blood sugars come up. When insulin- Which takes like 10 to 15 to 20 years, like Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, yep. Yeah, so that's why it's really important to understand what is insulin, why everyone really needs to care about this and, and not just diabetics or people at risk for diabetes, because research has shown 88% of adults have insulin resistance. 88% of adults have insulin resistance. So even if you're, I like to say, even if you're in the healthy 12, you still need to be proactive because odds are against you here, you know? So I, I love educating on that. And the reason that I find this so very valuable is because I also saw in geriatric medicine, siloed healthcare. So once you're diagnosed with a condition, they refer you to someone else. Oh, you have diabetes? Here's a referral to the endocrinologist. Yeah. You have heart disease? Here's a referral to the cardiologist. And the, sometimes they don't communicate with each other. And then we get polypharmacy, which is taking multiple medications. And medication, like adverse effects of medications are a huge risk for hospitalization. So it's like, okay, so we want to prevent falls. We want to prevent hospitalizations in, in geriatric patients okay, we need to be starting when they're like 50 to prevent this polypharmacy that's one of the leading causes of hospitalizations in the first place. Um, And so what I thought was really cool was when we focus on insulin as the litmus test for is this a healthy choice or not? How is this going to impact my insulin? I find that that's a really easy test to say, yeah, that's a healthy choice or that's not a healthy choice. And as you know, especially with like processed seed oils, those might not raise insulin right away, but you have to sometimes look at the long-term view of a choice. And that's kind of how we 
how we understand it. And I think that really removes the silos because when insulin comes down, everything else normalizes. Your HDL, your healthy, quote unquote, healthy cholesterol, um, that will go up. Your large buoyant LDL, also a healthy type, that goes up. Your small dense LDL comes down. Your blood pressure comes down. Your blood glucose comes down. Your visceral belly fat goes down. Your triglycerides go down. And so what are we doing by focusing on one thing? We're helping everything else normalize. And here's an interesting thing that I've learned through research. Dr. Fung in his book really talks about the body set weight theory and how your set weight is not uh, manually controlled because your body's not stupid, it's lazy, <laughs> and it's not gonna uh, manually control calories in and calories out. It uses hormones because it's lazy and insulin is a primary hormone responsible for our level of body fatness. And so secondary to that would be body weight. And it actually acts in the hypothalamus of your brain. And it works with a couple other hormones, primarily leptin and ghrelin, to control our body weight. And so that's kind of where these disease prevention and weight loss worlds collided for me was that, geez, if I just learn how to live a low insulin lifestyle, not only am I going to lose weight, I'm going to be preventing disease. And so that's how I view everything. That's how I view nutrition. That's how I view intermittent fasting. That's how I view environmental toxins um, and light environment. That's how I view stress and sleep and movement. That's why you can't just go on a diet. It is a lifestyle change. And it's also encouraging to know that when you're coming from the calories or the points paradigm, you have two levers. You have calories in and calories out. First of all, that's not how your body works because <laughs> there are no calorie receptors on your body. True. But <laughs> every cell has an insulin receptor, which is great because when you really learn to live this low insulin lifestyle, you have so many different levers uh, to optimize and you can really start where you're at and not feel like you have to follow someone else's rigid program or, or meal plan or, or diet rules because maybe you don't have the capacity to change your nutrition right now, but that you can, you change your movement, your light, your sleep, your stress, your meal timing, you know, so it's, it just opens up so many more paths to sustainable weight loss and disease prevention when we stop focusing on calories or points. Well said, you know, I have been there myself focusing on calories and the old get into a deficit sort of game to lose weight, which will get you some weight loss in the beginning, but it always almost comes back and you're not really fixing the root cause, which for the most part, to your point, is excessive insulin. The I call it the bully of the block. This, this hormone, you know, when that hormone is around insulin, your fat burning hormones are running away and it creates cellular inflammation. And when you have cellular inflammation, like you mentioned, those two hormones leapt in which tells you you're full, stop eating, all of a sudden can't do the job efficiently. So more leptin is pumped out, more leptin is needed. And then ghrelin is out of control, which is telling you to pick up the fork. And it's just this dysregulation. But if you're just focusing on get your total calories to 1,500, it forget, you forget about all of this. And it does the person a big, big disservice. And I, I believe these fitness people and even dietitians and nutritionists are truly trying to help these individuals but they're totally missing it. I've noticed a lot of people have issues with caffeine, especially caffeine in coffee. Now, don't get me wrong. I love myself a cup of quality coffee, but the truth is I've seen so many of my Keto Camp Academy students have a glucose spike from caffeine, knocking them out of fasting. 
or creating some digestive issues, bloating, and most commonly, jitters and irritability. We know excessive caffeine and caffeine sensitivity can cause adrenal problems, which has a lot of negative effects. It makes you more dependent on the caffeine, and it puts you in this sympathetic fight-or-flight state, and for a lot of people, that is problematic. Everyday dose solves the problem of regular coffee while drastically building on its benefits with added supplements. What I love about Everyday Dose, it's low acidity, cold extracted coffee, and a micro dose of caffeine blended with collagen protein, functional mushrooms, and nootropics, which will improve your focus, your energy, and your immunity. I just feel different in a really good way when I have Everyday Dose versus regular coffee. And I want you to experience the same. So if you want to check out Everyday Dose, head over to everydaydose.com slash Ben and use the coupon code KETOCAMP. You're going to get an extra five on the go dose travel pack to take with you anywhere you go. I take these travel packs with me and it is a game changer because when I'm traveling, it's hard to find, first of all, a clean cup of coffee, but almost impossible to find coffee with these functional ingredients. So head over to everydaydose.com slash ketocamp. Use ketocamp to get your bonus gift or click the link in the podcast notes down below. Have you ever seen somebody go from focusing on hormones to focusing on the calories? I've never seen that, but I've seen the opposite always happen. Good point. Um, no, I have not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that. I don't remember where the study was from, but there was a really interesting study that showed chronic caloric restriction slows your metabolism for six months to four years. So you want to know why you regain the weight that you lose after a diet. There you have it because you return to your old eating habits, but your metabolism has slowed down. It's a lose-lose situation. It's very interesting that you brought up that point that pretty much no one goes back to uh, from focusing on your hormones to focusing on calories. But a lot of people just get to their wits end with calories and they're like, what do I have to lose? Uh, I guess I need to learn this. And that I think is another really important thing is that, you know, when I'm working with a geriatric client and they're 70 or 80, often, especially if they have diabetes, their mobility might be limited, their cognition is limited, their vision might be limited. So we're talking about like reading food labels when they can't even see well. And we're talking about standing for 30 minutes to prep a meal when they can't stand for five minutes. Your ability to implement lifestyle changes goes down yeah. the older you get. If they're like in an assisted living facility, they're not really in control of their meals as much. So that's another reason that I didn't mention earlier where we have got to start taking more proactive measures, take responsibility for our health. As much as I respect physicians, they are not in your body. It's really interesting. I did a, a testimonial call with a member recently and I was like, you know, what, what made you start? Like, what made you just do it? And she's like, I kind of realized that as much as I respected my doctor, they didn't have the capacity or the resources to help me. And they also weren't going to tell me that. And so she really had to just make that decision on her own. Like, I'm going to figure this out, darn it. Uh, no matter what it takes. So that's really where my passion comes from. And that's the whole paradigm that I have there from a scientific standpoint. And I know you also wanted to talk about the mindset piece of it too. Yes, I do. But I just want to close the, the conversation on insulin real quick. And, and so if we look at it from the lens that you're speaking about, which foods raise insulin versus which foods regulate insulin or keep insulin low, we know that that's why keto works so wonderful. Because if you're doing keto and of course, clean keto with getting the PUFAs out, you're lowering inflammation, but also lowering insulin and letting your body 
start mobilizing fatty acids, which sends it to the liver, you produce ketones. So that's why keto works. It's not because you're cutting calories, but because you're lowering insulin. And you had a great Instagram post that said, instead of searching on Google, how do I lose weight? Search, how do I lower insulin? <laughs> because that's the way it works, to your point. Yeah, I said, we're, we're asking the wrong question. Over 300,000 people are asking Dr. Google how to lose weight. When in reality, they want the answer to how to lower insulin. And I think it was maybe 3,000 people a month who searched that. Crazy. And so the quality of our questions, I can't remember who says this, determines you know, the quality of our life. So we have to learn to really dig to the root cause. And then we can search for the correct answers. Because most people don't want to lose weight. They want to lose weight and keep it off. And so that was kind of the point of that Instagram post was, if you want to lose weight, that's fine. You can do that in a lot of different ways. But if you want to lose weight and keep it off, that takes an entirely different approach. And it takes an entirely different mindset. And um, man, I think anyone who's been in the coaching business for a while understands that mindset <laughs> kind of trumps everything else. Because if you don't have the mindset in place, all the strategy in the world will fall short. Amen to that 100%. And the person who said what you said, the quality of your life is based off the quality of your questions. Dr. John Martini said that, uh, who's a brilliant man all about mindset. But let's talk about mindset. I know that you're big on auto-suggestion. So I'm, I'm sure somebody hearing that, it's like, what does that even mean? Auto-suggestion is one of the most important self-development mindset tools that you could ever learn. There's an entire chapter about it in, in this book right here, Think and Grow Rich. Um, I so, love that book. <laughs> yes. That's where it came from. Yes. That's where it came from. But uh, I love that you talk about auto-suggestion. So what is it and how could we implement it to get healthier in our lives? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, it's important to realize how I stumbled upon it. I'm sure that you realize this too, that there's a lot of um, similarities between um, pretty much just doing anything hard, doing anything new. I didn't have any business training. I didn't have any video editing or podcast training. I had no marketing or sales experience. I had no process and no, no business background at all. And I have had to learn hard for years and years and years. And I've had to overcome limiting thoughts. And I've had to overcome self-criticism and the fear of criticism. And a lot of fears, like he talks about, it's such a good book for anyone who wants a really good book. Think and Grow Rich is so good. It's an oldie, but it's a goodie. Yes. And I had this epiphany a while back that, wow, the mindset work that I'm doing to develop my business is exactly what my clients need to be doing to develop their healthy lifestyle. And the systems that I'm learning to implement in my business to be accountable, to be productive, to be focused are exactly the same systems that my clients need to stay focused and accountable towards their new healthy lifestyle. Okay. Living a healthy lifestyle now is pretty much automatic for me. I'm always looking for ways to optimize. Growing a business is so much fun, but it's not that automatic to me. And so I, I had to kind of recognize and I had to develop that empathy for my clients, even though it's, it's, it's in a different realm, it's the same limiting thoughts. And so that's kind of how I developed my, my Zivli system, our Zivli system. Yeah. Explain, explain when I found out what it means, I thought it was actually brilliant. So what is Zivli and then share the meaning behind it. <laughs> okay. Can I give you a little background just for fun? Yes. Yes, please. 
Yeah, I really actually, when I was looking to rebrand as you learn about business, you kind of learn, um, and I was looking for trademarks and you need something that's unique and you need something um, that has a short URL. So it's not super long for people to remember. So it was weight loss for health, too many characters, too generic, not, not able to trademark. And uh, my friends and I just racked our brains for months about pretty much any different word in English related to health or insulin we probably went through. And uh, we had to go to different languages to find Zivli. So Zivli, it, Ziv means live in Croatian or in Hebrew, it means light. So I'm a Christian. I really um, love leaning into faith for weight loss too. And then the LI stands for low insulin lifestyle. So Zivli means live a low insulin lifestyle. Perfect. Yeah, when you understand what I'm all about, it makes total sense. Otherwise, you're kind of like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was an affordable domain. So I also really like health key because insulin is kind of the key to unlock your health. But that domain was $100,000. And I was wow. like, wow. And, and that's generic too. You can't really uh, trademark that. Zivli is very, you know, specific. Yeah. But if I was a wise high schooler, I would have for sure been buying up all of these domains, you know, and just, yeah. and just cashing it in on the online real estate business. But that's that's a different ballgame there. That's what people are doing right now with the metaverse uh, properties that are coming up. People are buying a whole bunch of real estate on there. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to email me that. So anyways, <laughs> that's a little, we could talk business a lot. But um, so that's where Zivli comes from. And then I kind of developed a system because I recently brought on a coach and I wanted to really teach her how I'm coaching and the six different aspects to the Zibli system are auto-suggestion, which we're going to really dig into, mm -hmm. health data, so tracking your numbers, overcoming obstacles, those are real obstacles and limiting thoughts, and then the Zibli strategy, so what does it mean to live a low-insulin lifestyle, and there's about six different components that we focus on there. We're optimizing our macronutrients, we're using intermittent fasting, we're reducing our stress, improving our sleep, optimizing our movement, and optimizing our environment and reducing toxins. And then there's monthly accountability. So setting, I call them um, rocks. What is that book? Where does that come from? Oh, Traction. Traction. That's a good book too. That's a good business book. Yeah. It's an excellent business book. And so he talks about setting rocks. So we set our health rocks and then our weekly action items. And, but it starts, it starts with auto-suggestion. And what I have found is that if someone is going to get off track throughout their journey, it's because they either just kind of forget about it and they fall in their old ways or these limiting thoughts and limiting beliefs and old unproductive thoughts and beliefs come back and lead to self-sabotage. Yeah. So right up front, we address that. And I like to do it through what's called auto-suggestion. I call it the personal faith formula. And I have them go through it. Um, every single new member goes through it. And then within that personal faith formula is a definite purpose. So it's kind of like your why on steroids. And your definite purpose is like your clear blueprint, your roadmap of what you want to think, how you want to act, the behaviors that you will make, not the ones you want to make, what will you do? And so just to kind of give you an example there, what does that look like? There's a few different a few different questions or prompts that I take people through. The first is like one year from today. So whatever you want to do, one year from today, close your eyes. How much do you want to weigh? I think that the weight is a common, oh, litmus test or a ruler or whatever. It's not that important, but... It's a it, marker. It's a marker, yeah. And it's easy to visualize for people. So close your eyes. What weight are you? Okay, what actions 
are you taking consistently at that weight? And then they kind of walk through, okay, I'm, you know, tracking my macronutrients or intermittent fasting, or I'm prioritizing my movement, whatever it is. And then it's, you know, how do you want to feel? Because this is a really important one. One of my members was like, the question was originally, how will you feel? And she's like, honestly, I'm going to feel like it's not enough because I never feel like I'm good enough. And it's never enough. I was like, okay, we're, that's not productive. We're going to add that to the limiting thoughts section of this system and rephrase that question into how do you want to feel? You want to feel more energy? I want to, you know, I, I, you want to feel less pain. You want to feel all of these things. And then I stop and I say, okay, that's great. But now you're just going to be manifesting more want. I want, I want, I want. So we always frame this in the active language of, I feel energized. I feel less joint pain. I am excited to go exercise. I'm excited to be social. I'm more intimate uh, emotionally and physically with my spouse. I'm confident and close, you know? And so going through uh, the emotions that people think they're going to get from losing weight, when really um, you will lose weight because of a more positive mindset and emotions. And so it's that's kind of a brief overview of like the definite purpose. What are we working towards? We work that through the personal faith formula. And then I have them read that out loud twice a day. So here's the really important thing. Your subconscious brain is like the bottom of an iceberg. And it's responsible for like 90% of the thoughts and, the, and therefore the emotions and actions that we have in a day. So your beliefs and your thoughts and your emotions and your actions, most of them kind of live under the surface and we're not always cognizant of them. And the top of the iceberg is like your willpower. You know, the five, five to 10% of the choices that you actively make in a day, I attribute those as kind of like your willpower. And so my argument is, well, why don't we take the willpower that you have to impact the subconscious brain? And that's kind of the purpose of reading this definite purpose, your personal faith formula out loud twice a day. Your subconscious brain is impacted by your senses. So, you know, your visual, your auditory, touch, taste, and your thoughts. And so that's why I think reading it aloud, writing it down, you know, you're a big gratitude journaling guy. And it's really important because then this is the cool part. When you're reading it out loud, first thing in the morning, I like to say it's like you're putting on your glasses for the day. That is the lens through which you will see all of the decisions you're making in a day. Is this choice in line with my definite purpose or not? Is this choice going to help me reach my weight loss goal and my health goals or not? So it keeps it top of mind. And then we talked about this when you came on my podcast. When you read it right before bed, you're kind of telling your subconscious brain, hey, this is pretty important. Let's keep this top of mind overnight and see what we can figure out. And so it's like your subconscious brain is that secretary filing away um, mm -hmm. all of those thoughts and emotions from the day. So when you use your conscious mind to do this simple task of repeating to yourself your plan and your intentions over and over and over your brain has no choice but to follow through. Your brain will do what you tell it to do. But we often don't understand that we're giving our brain instructions that are counterproductive toward our goal. And often people don't even know what their goal is, which is really interesting. And so I think that's kind of fun too. You want something, but you're not giving your brain the clear blueprint. That's like me telling a home builder, hey, can you build me a house? 
And they're like, uh, what do you want in your house? I'm like, couple rooms and they're like, <laughs> you know, that's the same thing that we do when we're um, doing this auto suggestion process is we are creating a clear blueprint from which to make our actions. The other really cool thing about this that I have found is that when you are positively putting those thoughts and intentions into your brain twice a day, it gets a little uncomfortable because you're doing that, but your actions, I kind of have to get my hands in the, in the frame here, your actions might still be catching up a little bit. So you might still be kind of stuck in some old habits. And that creates a cognitive dissonance, which is really important. It's really important to sit in that discomfort of, man, my thoughts and my actions are not in line with my definite purpose. And then we kind of pick those ones. Those are the obstacles. Those are the limiting thoughts. And then those can kind of become our monthly rocks or our weekly action items. It's a beautiful way to really highlight unproductive thought patterns and unproductive habits that are getting in the way of reaching your goal. So that's kind of the mindset system that I've come up with. A lot of different books have kind of gone into that, but Think and Grow Rich is one of them. I Am Enough by Marissa Peer is another really good one. Atomic Habits by James Clear is really excellent. Um, and then Traction for anyone who's into business is a really good business book. And then we've kind of just taken those principles and put it into a task that's hard for a lot of people, which is changing their thoughts and changing their health habits. I love it. That favorite part of the conversation was what you just shared. I think it's so important, more important than what's your best fasting schedule, what macros, all that's great. But if you don't have the inner size, it doesn't matter about the exercise. Hey, Keto Camper, I want to just pause for a second and tell you about my favorite drink for metabolic health. On this podcast, we talk about the importance of metabolic health, metabolic flexibility. Well, this is called Good Idea. And it is a great idea if you're trying to reduce blood sugar and keep your insulin levels in a healthy range. It has zero calories, zero sweeteners, and none of the junk ingredients, and it tastes like a lightly sparkling water. I call it a functional sparkling water because it has been clinically tested and shown to reduce blood sugar spikes after a meal. It contains a blend of amino acids and chromium piclinate. Together, they slow gastric emptying and increase insulin sensitivity, allowing a steady release of glucose in the bloodstream where it can be transferred into the cells for fuel. It also contains zinc and potassium as an added benefit. They hooked you all up with a special coupon code. So all you need to do is head over to goodidea.us and apply the coupon code BEN, that is B-E-N at checkout at goodidea.us. I'm gonna drop that link in the podcast notes along with the coupon code. All right, let's get back to this episode. Here's what I'm gonna kind of recap with what Dr. Morgan just shared. Number one, what is your why? Your, your definite goal. I call it a worthy ideal. An ideal, an ideal is a goal that you have fallen in love with. So what is that goal or goals that you have fallen in love with? Could be a specific weight, body fat percentage, getting your lab markers to a certain point, a financial goal, relationship goal, getting clear on that. And then having something to work towards, number one. And then writing out an affirmation and reading that affirmation first thing in the morning before bed in the present tense, instead of having more I wills, to your point, I am. I am happy. I am healthy. For me, I, every single morning, I say a whole bunch of affirmations. One of them is, 
I'm so happy and grateful for my healthy healing body, right? So, and then you could put your, your definite goal in that conversation of the affirmation and the subconscious mind, which is responsible for 90, 95% of our results cannot reject anything. It accepts everything. So if we feed it what we want to work for us, it's just a matter of time before our activities start to catch up. So when you're clear on the why, the hows become easier. And then you just continue. It's repetition, repetition. You're changing the paradigm because when we're born into this world, and Bob Proctor, who recently passed away, talks about this, babies are uh, 100%. Their subconscious mind is wide open. They have no conscious mind when babies go into the world and are born. Everything is absorbed. And then they develop these habits, these paradigms, and now they're an adult and they're just running on autopilot for learned behavior. So we have to kind of rearrange things and rearrange the subconscious mind by feeding it these affirmations. For me, a simple example, when I'm walking my dog in the street and somebody asks me, how are you doing? I said, I'm amazing and grateful, right? It's like these, that's the auto suggestion right there. And the more we could do this, it, it translates to our health because you become what you think about most of the time. And if you're thinking about all of the symptoms you're dealing with and the unhappiness, you'll get more of that. But if you flip the switch to Morgan's point, you get now all the things you want to work for you. So beautifully said. I love that you added that into the mix and you were, you're, you're doing some great work with your clients there. Thank you. And I wanted you to touch on, if you haven't yet, but this is a great piece to work in, that RAS system that you mentioned on my podcast. Will you kind of talk about that? Because you just said it. You know, you get more of what you put in. And so talk about that RAS because in case someone is just finding you for the first time, that's a really important piece. Absolutely. So the RAS is the part of the brain called the reticular activation system. And to Morgan's point, if you think this is woo-woo, here's the science to kind of seal the deal for somebody. Whatever you feed energy to expands. It's a universal law, right? Just like gravity is a universal law. You may not believe in gravity, but if you see me hold this marker and you're like, I don't believe in gravity, but boom, it doesn't matter if you don't believe in it. You just saw that gravity exists. So it's the same thing with this. And the part of the brain it's called the reticular activation system. So the, the brief example, because this is your interview, not mine. The brief example is when you want to buy a car, let's say a red Tesla, and you start shopping for it, and you finally buy the car. You're driving home from the dealership, happy in your beautiful red Tesla, and you start to see red Teslas everywhere for weeks. And you start to think, man, did everybody buy a red Tesla? Because I bought one. I thought it was cool. But the red Teslas were always there but now you've activated that RAS to see it. And it's the same thing. If you're focusing on things that are not working for you, then RAS will go to work and give you more things that you don't want to work for you. But if you focus on gratitude and love and the auto-suggestion of the things you want in life, then the RAS goes to work. And all of a sudden, obstacles turn into opportunities. So that's how it works from the brain. It's a selective seeking mechanism. Yeah, selective seeking mechanism, I think is... I, I just wanted you to touch on that because it's a really important a way to bring the science into it because it does sound a little woo-woo, but I tell, you what, <laughs> I tell you what, if you struggle with follow-through, if you struggle with consistency, if you struggle with self-accountability, start here. It is free. It takes five minutes a day and it's just so simple and it embeds those thoughts into your subconscious brain that then drives your action. So it's the most effective five minutes that you can spend each day is this practice of auto-suggestion. 
So true. And it takes time. You're not going to get an immediate result day one. And then, but day two, you might feel a little better day three, but eventually to your point, right in the beginning, you have these neural pathways that are now beginning to get new grooves and new wiring and you're wiring towards a a positive experience versus a negative experience. So that's so important. And go read the books that Dr. Morgan suggested. We'll, We'll drop links for all of them down below. What I want to finish the conversation with is Intermittent fasting. I know that you're a big fan of intermittent fasting. I am too. But I want to relate how intermittent fasting really puts a dent in a lot of these digestive issues, heartburn, indigestion, gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea. Like, Why does intermittent fasting work so well to reset the gut? That's a good question. For the physiology behind it, one book that I'm reading right now that I love that should be coming out really soon would be Cynthia Thurlow's book, The Intermittent Fasting Transformation. So she does a really beautiful job in there. Uh, Do you have it? Yeah, I have (laughs) it here. Yeah, you can show people it. She does a really beautiful job outlining the benefits, yeah, of intermittent fasting for gut health. So regarding the specific physiology, the molecules that are affected, I'm going to refer to that book because she would do a much better job than I would in a couple minutes, minutes explaining that. But it is important to just let your digestive system have a break. (laughs) Let the inflammation come down. Let the insulin come down. Let your digestive enzymes do their job versus taxing them all the time, which is a stress to your body, which can raise cortisol, which can whack everything up. So specific details, go to that book. That's the best book that I have found for gut health related to intermittent fasting. I think that Dr. Fung has a lot of good books, but I haven't seen him address gut health in there. You know, I'm a big fan of Dr. Ben Bickman. His book, Why We Get Sick, talks about a lot of different conditions related to insulin resistance, but he doesn't talk about gut health in there. So I'd go to that book for- Yeah, I I agree. And by the time this episode with you, Morgan, is out, Cynthia's book will be out as well. So it's called The Intermittent Fasting Transformation. It's on um, Amazon or her website, Cynthia Thurlow. And But you said it overall, it's like, okay, you're giving your digestive system a break for the first time in probably a very long time. It's like taking off of work for two weeks. You start to fix things in your garage and start to clean out the junk. Same thing with your digestive system. You got all this time on your hands. Let's go fix some things. So I love that. And you mentioned your podcast uh, that I was really grateful to be a part of. Your podcast is awesome. You've got some really great guests. You've got a great YouTube channel. So uh, your podcast is called Reshape Your Health with Dr. Morgan Nolte. You're also on YouTube, which we'll drop a link for below. Your website is zivli.com, Z-I-V-L-I.com. But where else can they they check you out, Dr. Morgan? Oh, those are the main ones. I'm also a little active on Instagram. Um, Personally, in my personal life, I actually try to stay off of social media as much as possible. So once in a while on Instagram, I'll post some little things on my stories about my kids or a new helpful post, but yeah, YouTube, uh, the podcast and Instagram are the main platforms. Um, and then if they want to reach out via email, our support email is support at zibley.com. Great. We'll put all that down below. Go subscribe to Dr. Morgan's podcast. Her YouTube channel is great. I think you're about to hit 20,000 subscribers on there. I was watching some of your videos, really high produced, amazing. You also have, um, I believe like an intermittent fasting, no, insulin resistance masterclass on your yeah. website which is free. We'll put a link for that down below. I want to acknowledge you and say thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Uh, I always quote Einstein when Einstein said, intellectuals solve problems, geniuses prevent them. And what you're doing right now, 
you're a genius, but not only are you a genius, you're helping others be proactive, which essentially make them geniuses too. So thank you for the work that you're doing. I love that you talk about the mindset and the auto-suggestion and you're working on your own self-limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. I am too. We all have them. Even the most successful person has them. But you're doing great work for your community. And I'm, I'm excited to get this out to my audience, the Keto Campers. And thank you so much for coming on my show today, Morgan. Thank you, Ben. It's been an honor. That was really kind words. So I really appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you coming on my show. Uh, that's going to be such a fun, a fun episode to drop. So thank you for all the work that you're doing too. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Morgan Knowlton. It leaves you feeling empowered so you can be proactive and not reactive. Go listen to her podcast, Reshape Your Health with Dr. Morgan Nolte. Go subscribe to her YouTube channel. It is awesome. I'll put links for that down below, including her social media and her website, which is zivly.com. That all could be found down below in this podcast notes. So go check that out. Along with everything we mentioned, links, resources, studies, timestamps, everything could be found down below. If this episode was valuable to you, please consider sharing it with somebody you know, copy and paste the link and leave the podcast a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. Go get KetoFlex on Audible for free if you're a new customer over at freeketoflex.com or if you're a current customer, add it to your cart, use a credit. We'll drop links for that down below. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a blessed weekend. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.